routes the tide. Roll tide no more this year, boys. Georgia, 21-point victory. I think the biggest shock for me is Missouri falling all the way to number 13 in the power range. They're a quality football team. Go ahead and give me Texas A&M at the top. They're the best team in the SEC. Coach, you know, I've been thinking you might start to jinx me if you keep calling me uh, that name. (laughs) Nonsense. Now get out there, ACL, and tear it up. Tear it up, coach. Welcome to another episode of Underqualified Analysts. This is Cooper. We have Zach. We have Hunter. Say what's up, boys. Glad to be back, guys, for another solid episode. Yeah, absolutely. And we have ourselves a pretty solid guest on today, uh, Ryan Lemon, the shirtless bandit himself, uh, coming on, going to give us a few predictions, going to answer a few questions. Um, Ryan, we appreciate you coming on. Well, look, dude, this is the perfect podcast for me when I saw the title. <laughs> Underqualified Analyst, that's the name of your podcast? Yes, sir. Dude, that's perfect for me. I mean, what I've made my whole life based on being an – underqualified analyst so so this is this one for me i'm ready to go well, that's why i asked you actually i'm just kidding <laughs> but but uh we're 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 really excited to get you on here man um you know the more underqualified the better for us and you know uh well, people... that's why i fit in i fit right in man exactly um but yeah so uh first off i just wanted to uh kind of ask you how did you get involved with KSR? Cause if for all of our viewers, if you listen to our podcast and you aren't listening to KSR, first off, I don't know how, but moving on from that, um, Ryan is one of the focal points of the KSR, you know, kind of podcast radio show. Um, so how did you go from where I, you know, kind of saw you from WKYT and into, you know, this, uh, this KSR. Well, I was, the, I was the sports guy at Channel 18 for about 12 years. And in 2007, uh, I got my realtor's license, and I had two young boys at the time. And I just thought, I needed to be a dad for a while and stop working till midnight every night at Channel 18. You know, midnight and six days a week, I couldn't be a dad the way I wanted to be a dad. You know, I got tired of going to everybody else's games and not even going to my own kids' games. So, so I left Channel 18. And basically, that's when I worked just part-time at WKYT, and I was a fill-in guy at the iHeart channel. It was Clear Channel back then, but it's iHeart now. I was just a fill-in radio guy then. So that's why Matt called me. He knew I was filling in, and he needed a fill-in for Mark Krebs. At the time, he had Mark Krebs doing two days, Perrin Johnson did two days, and then he had Zach, his producer, did a day. Mark was off, so he asked me to fill in. So I filled in a day. The next week, Perrin was off, so I filled in for him. And I'm not kidding. Like the next week, Mark was off both days, and he and then he eventually told Matt, "Man, I can't do it anymore. I've got this new job where I'm going to be have to take off." So Matt asked me if I could be the permanent guy on Monday, Tuesday. I said, "Sure." No shit. A week later, Perrin said, "Man, I can't do it anymore. I got to do this." So Matt asked me to do Monday through Thursday, and then finally, I just morphed into doing Monday through Friday. So. Matt and I already had a little relationship from when I was at Channel 18. He just started Kentucky Sports Radio. I was like one of his first guests on his very first ever podcast. 
which is really kind of funny. I was a guest then, and now I'm the, the dumbass co-host now sitting there doing it with him. So, so that's kind of how I got started, really, with, with KSR. Well, that's awesome. Um, I know that, you know, I, I love hearing just like, you know, I, you'll, you'll get these bursts of energy on there and it's just like, it, it just, it'll just fire you up. You know, you, it, you, I feel like whenever you're on there, you're like every Kentucky fans thought, right. You're, you come on there and you're just like, pow, just, just with that energy and everybody else is like, Oh, well, actually, I believe this is going to happen. You're just like, well, let me tell you what I think, you know? And I think, I think that's, that's exactly I, I just vibe with that energy so much. And I, I had to know. Um, and speaking of energy, so, you know, I saw you at the game, took a picture with you, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time out and doing that. Had a little bit of a, as Hunter would call it, liquid courage, probably one too many at, at that time. Uh, snuck my way into the uh, student section of uh, the swamp. And, I, you know, I wasn't really disappointed with it. The only thing I thought was weird. I don't know if I was just too far gone or what, but it was, uh, you know, they didn't have like a, like a first down chant. It was just like, like, that was the only thing I thought was weird. And then I expected a lot more gator chomping. Um, didn't get as much of that as I expected. So my question to you is I'm sure you've been to many more away games. What's the best atmosphere of an away game that you've been to? Well, uh, I've been to uh, Alabama. I saw when Kentucky played down there when Joker was still the coach, I think, and they flipped Jacob Tammy to tight end that game. That was like the start of the Jacob Tammy run. So, I, to, and to me, that was perfect. I mean, the way the tailgating is set up, the environment inside, they start the game with Bear Bryant's booming voice coming over the loudspeakers. I thought that was cool. Uh, I've been to the Swamp during a day game when Tim Couch and Craig East went down there and Craig ran for like a hundred yard kickoff, had like a hundred yard pass reception, had a 75 yard pass reception. Craig Yeast became Craig Yeast that day, but I'd never been to the swamp at night. I've never been to the LSU at night, whatever, what everybody says is awesome. But to me, the swamp was this, I, I mean, I said this on the radio show. I got goosebumps a couple of times for real, just being there and how loud it got. And when they sang the Tom Petty song and everybody turned their camera flashlights on, I mean, that was just really cool you know, Dane's touchdown catch. It was just a perfect time, I think, to love it. And the fact that Kentucky won. Uh, so I'm, I, that's my all-time favorite, really, was down at games. I loved it. I, you know, I agree. And I'll say this. Like, I, I know a lot of people, they, they gave Florida fans a bad rap for being, like, you know, rude. or I mean, I sat in the middle of the student section, and I, didn't, I really didn't get anything. I don't know if they just knew I wasn't myself or what, but – you know, uh, they were they were really kind for the most part. I got a few things, but I mean, other than that, uh, they seemed pretty nice. Uh, Neyland Stadium did not give me the same reception um, at all. And Hunter down there, he's actually uh, kin to Jacob Tammy, so that's why I kind of gave him the nod there. Um, yeah, whenever you're talking about that, but um, yeah, speaking of uh, Dane, I know Zach had a question about about that for you. Yeah, it's. Anybody that listens or keeps up with you or KSR at all, it's it's no secret that you and Dan Key have a, a different kind of relationship than you would have with most incoming freshmen. He's he's almost like he, he, he really is part of your family. What's it been like for you watching him blossom into a fan favorite? Because he, listening to you, I kind of knew what we were getting ready to get with him, 
but I don't think anybody else knew what we were getting in that kid. I mean, it, it's been really cool, to be honest. I mean, my family and Dante and, and Nicole and Dane and Devin, we've been, we've, we've, we've become family. We really have. I mean, he's down in my, ba- Dante's down in my basement right now working out in my, in my <laughs> gym I've got down there. So, I mean, we're together all the time. And it's been that way for, since the boys were probably, since Dane was like probably six or seven years old. We, it's just, we're together all the time. I feel like he's part of our family. And, and I, I've said this on the show before, man, as good as a football player, as you now see he is, he's a better kid. I mean, he is an awesome kid. He's become a big brother to my son, Josiah. You know, uh, my middle son, Michael, he's, he's done some bad things, and he's he's in jail right now, and he's been gone for like two and a half years. Well, you know, Dane stepped in, man, and Dane became Josiah's big brother. J- Dane's the one that drove him to school, drove him to practice, drove him home after practice, took him out after a game when they all go out, you know, and look at girls and stuff. So that's the big brother that my son needed that Josiah needed since Michael was gone has been Dane. And that's why I get choked up sometimes talking about it. Cause he just means so much to our family. I mean, like I said, it, it, it's been awesome to see him grow as a person, as a man. Uh, and you know, he's, he's destined for big things. I mean, you saw it, dude, that, that was an NFL catch he made down at Gainesville. And so I, I, I can't wait to just watch him the next three years. Really. I think I made this comment on the last last episode we did i think we've got i think we've got three receivers right now that i could definitely envision playing on sunday i think dane is going to be he's going to be special thank god we got him for three years i'm looking forward to watching him but second game on the road in the swamp sec freshman of the week it doesn't get any better than that no and then they didn't even play much second half i mean that's what's got to <laughs> my goodness Get him on the field, throw him the football, let him do his thing. So, yeah, they went to that 13-man personnel, and a receiver had to come off the field, and so he's the one who came off the field. So, uh, Supes and I have a talk this week, and I'll, I'll make my point clear <laughs> that he needs to be on the field more and you need to throw him the ball more. And that's Freshman Player of the Week award. Get ready. There's more coming. I don't doubt that a bit. I, I look forward to seeing that. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, I think you sold yourself a little bit short early on because if I remember you were a pretty good baseball player <laughs> well that was a long time ago dude yeah so uh, uh you know I, I was my, in high school I played baseball basketball and tennis my dad was my basketball coach I started for him for three years as point guard baseball I started for three years had an I had the opportunity I had a scholarship to Murray State and with like two months before school started they pulled the scholarship from me and said they were only going to recruit pitchers and infielders all their money was going to pitchers and infielders wanted me to come and walk on well we scrambled and I ended up at Kentucky Wesleyan and man that was one of the best things ever happened to me for real you know I wanted I was dying to go to Murray State but I ended up at Wesleyan and I loved it I got to play a lot yeah I ended up you know holding a couple records still there and stolen bases and stuff so I was not a a a pro prospect by any means but uh, I, I love playing college baseball, and that's why I hope my son Josiah, even if he plays small college football somewhere, I, I mean, I know what it means to me, and I know what it means to anybody that gets to do that, uh, have that opportunity. Yeah, I was a big-time baseball guy myself. Your story sounds pretty similar to what I went through in high school. Only difference was the offer wasn't because the pitchers. It was injuries kind of kept me out of things, and I ended up settling at Berea. He's the six six million dollar man, just in his yeah, knees I've, and shoulders. I've got more new parts than old now, <laughs> but catching for seventeen years will do that. 
Uh, oh, no doubt. Yeah, if you were a catcher, I know your body is worn out. Yeah, uh, that, that Kentucky Wesleyan campus is gorgeous. I, I visited it whenever I was going through. And, uh, I mean, I think they said it's 80% athletes, at least whenever I, I, I was going yeah. there. So, I mean, it, it's a nice little campus. Um, if you're looking for a ton of stuff to do, that's not there. But they got Moonlight Barbecue. They got, I mean, they got they got some stuff to do there. You know, it's it's not just some, you know, po-po bunk down. <laughs> you know that and you're right that's why i fell in love with it you know i had to quickly make some visits and make a decision and i went down there walked on campus and it is it's a very very small campus i love that as you said 80 percent of the students are athletes i love that and uh it was only an hour and a half from my house my home in indiana so I, I it is a pretty beautiful little campus but you gotta you're right there's not much nightlife or things to do in owensboro <laughs> yeah you gotta be <laughs> creative to find your own fun <laughs> yeah yeah yes. That's it. You have to be creative. Yeah. But, uh, the last thing before I turn it over to Hunter there, uh, is UK's baseball program going to turn it around this year? Man, I well, my dog's going to start barking. I'm not a big proponent, and I'll say this to you guys, of the UK baseball program right now, because they had recruited one of my friend's good sons, Julius Scarce, from Frederick Douglass High School. And then just kind of what happened to me, they pulled his scholarship because he wanted to bring in all these transfer portal guys. He was, I think he knew he had to win and he had to win quick or he was about to lose his job. So he brought in a bunch of new transfer portal dudes. He's doing the same thing next year. I mean, it, it, it's good for one year, but you can't build a program that way. So there was a, a kid down here at Western Hills in Frankfurt, a pitcher. He's going to Tennessee. Tennessee was number one in the country and undefeated for most of the year. There's another kid that pitches down at Taylor County. He's also going to Tennessee. He says there's two pitchers right here in the UK's backyard that are both going to go to Tennessee because they're freshmen. That just that just disgusts me hearing that people, you know, players, doesn't matter what sport you play. If if you go from you have an offer from Kentucky, yeah. you're you're an Let actual <laughs> Dante. I'm gonna let Dante I'm gonna let Dante say hi. Look, oh, he, awesome. He's sweating like he actually did yeah. work out. Yes, sir. Look getting that work in. All hot and sweaty. Putting the bro, work I in. I was working, brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to get him to do it. Look, oh, oh man. What he's doing? It's a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting the sweats in another way, right? The meat sweats. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting an all-protein workout. Absolutely. <laughs> Good seeing you guys. Yeah, Thank you for hopping on. <laughs> That was awesome. I appreciate Special you letting him say hi. I appreciate that. And and an extra underqualified, even though he's pretty qualified, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I'd say he's pretty, pretty more qualified. Uh, than over, overqualified. <laughs> yeah, he's on the overqualified analyst. I mean, you know, people forget he's not just Dane's dad. He played at UK and started for three years, and he was a badass. So that's oh, yeah. where it all came from. Although I, I tell him all the time, Devin and Dane got their talent from their mom, not him, not his big butt. They got it from mama. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely all right Hunter go ahead well speaking of people who are badass we just heard that Chris Rodriguez will be back for the Ole Miss game and how much do you think him back elevates the program it, it, it does tremendously you know I mean he's one of the best running backs in the conference he's one of the best running backs we've ever had here at Kentucky he was on pace to break Benny Snell's record that he just set four years ago we know how much we praise Benny Snell so it, it makes a big difference. You know, missing these next two games isn't going to matter. I mean, Kentucky's still going to win with these next two games. 
But then when you start the gauntlet of those SEC games, you're going to need some fresh legs. You're going to need Chris Rodriguez, man, in there banging. So first game, Ole Miss, he'll, after that first hit, all the rust will be gone, and, he, and he'll be back. You know, I think that was a worry. Well, he's been out four games. How's he going to do? He'll be just fine, man. He hadn't forgotten how to play football. And like I said, it'll take one hit to get him back, get that rust knocked off. You got to think with him back too. Like if we'd have had him in the swamp, I got to feel like at least one of those red zone appearances ends in a touchdown with him. Where we may, there was a couple we had settled for field goals. I feel like with him, at least one of those turns into a score. Yeah, there was one short yardage play on our end of the field where we were sitting. And I think it was uh, right, Lavelle Wright. He took it and he got, he got knocked. Knocked down the line of scrimmage, may have got one yard. And I turned to my son, Josiah, and I said, Rodriguez would have scored on that play because they just would not have been able to bring him down. So it it definitely makes a difference. Nothing against our guys we got right now because I think Smoke and Wright both did a lot of good things down at the swamp. But we're a different-looking team with Chris, Chris Rodriguez back there. And it makes their job easier, too. I mean, like, you know, when, when Rodriguez is not in – defense usually plays a little bit less tight up against the line. So it, it really yeah. makes their job a lot easier too. Um, not only, you know, the passing game, like our whole offense just really, um, I wouldn't say completely revolves around Chris because we've seen that we can, you know, do pretty well, you know, without him. But um, with how good our defense played last week, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat us most weeks, especially with our potential on offense. You're right. With Rodriguez out there, they've got to put more men in the box, try to stop him, which is going to just free up Dane and Tavion and Barry and Brown and these other guys out on the outside. So it, it makes us a much dangerous offense. There's no doubt. Now the other guys did great, but Chris Rodriguez is NFL great. Absolutely. My last question for you is, what do you think this team's ceiling is? What do you think the best-case scenario for Kentucky football is this year? Well, I mean, that's a great question because in our preseason predictions, I predicted them to lose Saturday down in Florida. So yeah, they've you're got not that the only one. one that made that prediction. In fact, I'm the only one who made the winning prediction. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. I, I I did say that we would turn AR15 into a little pellet shooter. So I that you know that was that's what I said, but it you know that Dude, you, you were dead on. You were dead on in your analysis for sure. So <laughs> so you know the the game at Ole Miss could be a little tough just because it's at Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is they're not as good as Kentucky, you know, so they should win that one. The game at Missouri, they should win. So it comes down to the Georgia and the Tennessee game. I don't think we're good enough yet to beat Georgia, but it's at home. So, man, you never know. Things crazy, crazy things happen. So the Tennessee game, I mean, I've seen Kentucky be a better team year after year after year and still lose that game. And so until Kentucky proves to me they can win consistently against Tennessee, I'm, I can't pick them to win, man. I can't do it. There's too many games they've lost to that, that school and I just can't take it, man. I just can't stand it. Yeah, I, I know. Me and <clears throat> me and Hunter went to Neyland on the the year, the first year that Stoops won ten wins, and I mean, we were so optimistic. We were going in there like, man, you know, we didn't think we were going to beat them a lot. But Tennessee was not good that year. They just weren't. We were yeah. by far the better team. Yeah. And I mean, it was just like they turned into a whole different team. I don't even mean Tennessee. I mean, or I don't even mean Kentucky. I mean, Tennessee, like 
it's like they just turn it up to a whole nother level. And then we're just like, let's just back it up, Terry, you know? Um, so I, I'm kind of with you there. Uh, I definitely think that the ceiling is really high this year, though. Um, I think Stoops has just been through too much. And I think with most years, Tennessee kind of favors um, our weaknesses. Like last year, we weren't very good at protecting the pass, you know? I think this year we're in a little bit different of a, of a ball game. Our corners and safeties have kind of stepped up to the point to where, you know, we, we look pretty good so far. Again, it's only two games in, but um, so far it's looking to be a better matchup as far as weakness versus strength uh, for us uh, on Tennessee. Well, what, i tell you what, what we need to do, especially before the Tennessee game, we need Roman Harper or somebody from ESPN <laughs> to just slam Kentucky Slam Mark Stoops. Oh, I'm Stoops should pay somebody to call him soft every week. Cause we saw how ticked off he was. Players fed off that. So before the Tennessee game, we need to get Herb Street or somebody on game day to call us soft. Cause that's all this team may need to turn it on finally. I'll tell you this. I heard, there ain't no way Herb Street's gonna say anything negative against us. He is he is pushing for Stoops in that yeah. uh, OSU job. I don't care what anybody says. He is pushing for that. That is that is his goal. OSU Stoops. I, I hate saying it. I really do. But uh, I'd say that would be the only program he would potentially leave us for. But, I mean, why would you? I, I agree. I mean, he's, he's from Ohio, Ohio State's perennial power. I mean, that's the, that's the job. If it ever came open – that's the job you're right. He would leave for. I don't think he'll leave for Nebraska. I'm, Nebraska, I'm sure he'll talk to him and they'll want him, but I don't think he'll leave for Nebraska. But you're right. He would leave for Ohio State. I think Nebraska at this point would be a, a downgrade. It'd be him. a massive downgrade. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, but they, you know, the attraction for them, they saw Stoops turn this program completely around and bring it up to a top 10 team now. I'm sure Nebraska just wants him to do the same thing, but it's not worth it, I don't think, for Stoops. He's making a ton of money. He's got this bourbon business going like crazy. He's making a ton of money off that. And I really think – I think he's going to retire here. It may be five years. It may be six years. But I think he'll he'll leave here before he's 60 or around 60 and be set for life. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's royalty here. I mean, I know I've heard Max Duffy say it all the time. Like, he's the, he's the king of Lexington, um, you know. And, and, I mean, but that – I mean – Really, right now, it's 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 true because he, he's he's held in such re- high regard by every fan that's that's here right now, and uh, I, I just think it's it's I don't really know of anybody I would consider to be you know over top of him right now, at least uh, as far as fandom goes in Lexington. No, Brad White would be the guy right now if he left. Brad White, I think, has proven himself to be a good coach, and you know. Kentucky was Stoops' first job. We can make Kentucky Brad White's first job. If he's still here five years from now and Stoops decides to step down, I think Brad White would be the guy. I just hope we keep Brad White for five more years, but, man, I I don't see that happening. That's going to be a tough task. Hey, he could be like a – like a what was it, Bud Foster? Um, A a lifer at the assistant coach level. So, I mean, you never – you really never know. Um, But, yeah, so into – I wanted to kind of go over – uh, last week's game, just real quick. Um, so what would you say was like that, the turning point? So like, you know, for me, honestly, I would say the Dane key touchdown that was that we were kind of stagnant on offense really, you know, we weren't really giving much up on defense, but I just felt like that right there 
just kind of, to me, turned my attention from, okay, this is going to be a ridiculously tough game to win to, all right, I think we're legit. I, I agree. I mean, I, I know I'm very, very, very impartial when it comes to this, but <laughs> that touchdown, you were there, man. The wind got sucked out of that stadium. I think everybody knew at that point, like, oh, shit, this is, this is going to be tough because their offense was not doing anything. Richardson couldn't do anything against our defense. Our defense, it, I can't believe they held him to four yards, to be honest, four yards rushing. And that's an incredible stat to hold that guy to four yards rushing. But they, they, they couldn't move the football. And that touchdown did kind of wake-up call for them that they're in trouble, wake-up call for us. We're going to win this thing. So I think, I think it definitely made a difference. I think watching it on TV, for me, that was, that was the biggest play of the game. But the one where I could really see the energy leave the stadium was the pick six. After that pick six, yeah. the energy, it was almost like the spirit lifted out of Florida Stadium and was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Both those interceptions, the Jordan Wright inter- incredible interception and Keydron Smith's pick six made, you're right, made a huge difference. But I'm going to go back to Dane's catch here for a minute. We practiced <laughs> and we practiced and practiced and practiced that. One hand catch, trap it on your leg with the guy wearing you like a backpack on his back. I mean, it's good he finally took what we've been teaching him and t- utilized it in a game. That one hand catch, trap it on your leg, Dane, and he did it. <laughs> I figured that you know, I was like, you know, I think Ryan Lemon taught him that. I, I was, I was wondering about. Yeah, that. I did. Yeah, over and over and over <laughs> in the backyard. I've seen, I've seen you get pile drived into a table, and I was like, man, that looks familiar. I, I just. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then we really haven't talked about he did his Cash Daniel impersonation at the end of the game with the water bottles, a little tribute to Cash, and that, that win at, at the Swamp. Ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Oh, ten out of ten. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, Cash, I mean, he. I just feel like he was born to be a wrestler, and he just so happened to play football. You know, <laughs> he, he made a, a slight sliver to the right, and he was a football player, uh, fantastic football player, nothing against them or anything like that, but he just embodies everything I could see in a, in a wrestler. Um, I don't know. I, I love that guy. He's, he's a great, great guy. Um, but, um, Hunter, what was, what was the moment for you that kind of changed the tide for you? The Jordan Rock. <clears throat> Handed pick it had it had to be that because Florida was getting the momentum back the fans were starting to believe again and that just that just did it that just turned it right there and then everything after that just was just we didn't you know we went we pulled away we got it done so yeah I mean that that was a that was an awesome game awesome game to go to I mean I think from really start to finish just about we we dominated that game we obviously had a few special team mess ups um and we see that we can do so much better than what we already did so um I think that's a testament to you know like Ryan was saying you know how well we can do this year um obviously it's early in the year I don't want to get too overly optimistic but I am the one always that does uh, I've gone down with the ship every year that I've ever been alive. I don't care if we won two year, two games in the year or we won 10 every single time. I was – I mean, I'm, I've been going down with the ship every year. So, um, I'm just glad that, you know, we're finally starting to see, you know, some sort of respect from not only, 
you know, fans of other stadiums. Cause I, I mean, I was in the student section in the absolute deep of it. And there was a guy who looked back at me. He goes, nah, for real, Kentucky there. We know they're legit. We know they are now a few years ago. It's a whole different story. First time y'all beat us with Dan. Uh, probably not. You know, I would, we were like, that's an absolute fluke, but you know, now we know you guys are a good team. And, uh, I liked, uh, Mark Stoops's little jab after uh, after the game about how we should go back up into the top ten. By George, we did. Um, and yeah. I have a question for you, Ryan. Where would you put us in? You know, the top twenty-five. Like, if you if you had to, you know, reshuffle everything. Like, do you think we're a top ten team? Do you think we're a top five team? Like, where where do you see us as of right now? Well, I I, I thought going in, we were definitely top twenty-five. The fact that they beat Florida at Florida and was obvious. They were the bigger, better, faster, stronger football team. They just were. And they, it finally is sinking in like that Florida guy you were talking about. We beat them three of the last five times. We beat them two of the last three years down there on their home field. I never would have thought that. I mean, in the, in the 90s, early 2000s, I never, ever thought Kentucky could have a football program that could beat Florida like that and have a better football team than Florida. So, man, I think at this moment, considering all these other teams are losing, they deserve to be in the top ten. I mean, I think they really do. In that game at Ole Miss, they win that one. They beat South Carolina. They beat Mississippi State. Dude, we're looking at 7-0 and going into the Georgia game and playing for the East Championship. So, it's it's nothing that's crazy. I just – well, you were talking about being an old-time Florida fan. I mean, Kentucky fan. That's a Florida game. That bad snap, that bad snap on the punt. Bad snap on an extra point. But missed a field goal. I mean, old Kentucky wouldn't have recovered from that. They would have lost that game. New Kentucky, like, ah, don't worry about it. We'll get it back. And then he went down and they did it. I mean, cre- incredible heads-up play by Ponner. Uh, good, is it Goodfellow? I, I believe is his name. Goodfellow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely booted that thing through the end zone. I mean, that was a heads-up play. Old Kentucky. seven. Yeah, old Kentucky, we would have been like, ah, let's pick it up and try to punt it again, <laughs> you know? And then yeah, we got tackled, probably. you know, in the end zone. So I think it's 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 the little things, like even our mistakes, they may look big to us now, but if we look back, they were way worse than than they are now. So I just think that uh, oh, no doubt. We're, we're in the right trajectory. So – um, unless you guys have a question for Ryan, let's, I think let's get into the, uh, predictions. Let's yep. get into some picks. <clears throat> All righty. So first game we have, on and the- just so you know, this is where I excel. This is where I become, yeah, you know, an over analyst, not an under analyst. <laughs> All righty. Well, good luck. <laughs> um, so this first game we've got, uh, Mississippi state LSU. We're, we ain't, we're not going to get too specific. We just want winner, loser. So, who do you got in this game? Dane Key's favorite team growing up was LSU. <laughs> if LSU would have offered him, it would have been over. He would have gone to LSU. They never, I never offered, but that's why I'm picking LSU in honor of Dane Key. Sticking to his guns. I like that. Uh, I, well, I am going to respectfully disagree with you, even though it is at LSU. LSU's booty. They're not good. I don't care what you say, Brian. All right, get out of here, overachiever. Give me the Bulldogs. Woof, woof, woof. I'm going to take Mississippi State, too. I think uh, LSU showed us week one. 
They're not very good. They beat up on little brother last week. And I just don't see them beating Mississippi State. Mississippi State has shown more the first two weeks of the season than LSU has. Give me Mississippi State. Ooh. Ryan's all by himself. <laughs> on an island. Not on that LSU island right now. <laughs> DBU. You know, I, I should have picked. I should have picked Mississippi State. Mike Leach, when he was here, an assistant coach under Hal Mummy, was my neighbor. And he would rollerblade around our neighborhood with his little Walkmans on, rollerblade with his shirt off, like all the time. Hunter does that too. That's so weird. Yeah. He puts scrunchies in his – and uh, he puts scrunchies on. I mean, he, he looks good, man. I'm telling you. Um, so, our next game outside of the SEC, we got BYU and the Oregon Ducks. Who you got? Whoa. BYU just beat Baylor. Oregon didn't look good in their game. At Where's or- the game at? It is at Oregon. Oh. <laughs> uh, I would have picked BYU if it was at BYU, but I'm going to say Oregon bounces back and wins this one. I'm going to have to agree with him. I'm going to take the Ducks in this one. BYU has looked good. Oregon looked really bad week one. They looked a little better last week, but week one was against Georgia. So, what do you expect? Uh, I'm going to take Oregon at home. BYU proved a lot to me last week in their game against Baylor. They play tough, hard-nosed football. Give me BYU money line as a road underdog. Hunter made a good point last week uh, about BYU, even though he was wrong. Uh it was a late game, and they had to be up for church the next morning. This is not a late game. Good point. This is not a late game. The Mormons, they're going to come, and they're going to bring all 35 of their wives. It doesn't matter, all right? It's going to be a home <laughs> game for the BYU Cougars. Give me the Cougars. Big. Even though I love Damn. Oregon. I I, I just want to let you know this is the first time I've ever picked against Oregon, ever, I think ever. on this oh. podcast, ever. I love Oregon, so I think you're safe. Uh, I think I think Oregon's gonna win, but <laughs> I've well, never picked I, against them. another. Another big factor I should have thrown in my prediction: Dane Key had Oregon in his final five, so that's what again once again the Dane Key factor comes into play. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad he didn't go there. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't either. I think we all are. Um, so his mama made that decision. His mama decided you ain't going that far. So that's how Oregon got eliminated. Ooh. Well, they do have some cool jerseys. I'm not going to lie. That's that's the sole reason why I like them so much. I mean, their jerseys are pretty yeah. cool. I think sometimes they get a little bit overzealous with, you know, some of the matchups they put together. But, you know, you can only be so cool with, you know, green and yellow as your dominant colors. Yeah, true. You know, I, true. I definitely think Kentucky could add a little flair to some of their jerseys. I know – I've heard rumors that there is a different helmet and there's a different, you know, some different jersey combos, but I, I, I ain't seen them. I've heard Stoops is pretty superstitious with it. I would like him to kind of, you know, throw a little fairy dust out there and maybe may, maybe change up some jerseys. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but overall, yeah, can, I, I like Kentucky's colors a lot better. <clears throat> um, so next game we got Penn State at, Auburn Tigers. This was an awesome game last year. What do you got? It's at Auburn. Yep. 
Man, because if, if it was in Happy Valley, I think Penn State would win easy. But the fact it's Auburn, and they're so hungry, and my daughter, my niece went to Auburn. I'm going Auburn. Auburn's going to win. I'm with you. War damn eagle. War eagle. I'm normally a huge SEC homer, but I Auburn just doesn't impress me this year. Give me Penn State. Good teams win, but great teams cover. Auburn is 0-2 against the spread first two weeks of the season. Penn State 2-0 against the spread. Penn State wins. Hunter's got the best record so far, uh, by the way. I didn't want to tell you that too early because that's why I'm making you pick first. But, uh, <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's got the best record. He's I think he – what are you, 8-2? and two? He's eight and two. I'm seven and three. Yeah, I am not. We don't have to tell them what I am. Um, but the next game, the next game we're going to go with is uh, Florida State at Louisville. Louisville played awesome week one against Syracuse. So this this might be tough for you. You know, Louisville had the good bounce back win at Central Florida last week, which kind of surprised me. I thought, man, they're not going to win down there. They went on the road and beat them. So I'm a little surprised. Florida State, you know, I saw them a little bit in game one that week against LSU. I watched a little bit of that game. But I can't, I can't pick Louisville, so I'm going to Florida State, baby. Let's go. Oh, 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 that's Florida State, baby. Florida State, big time win. Go ahead. I would pick anybody over Louisville. I don't care who they're playing. I'm never picking the, I'm never picking the cards. Give me Florida State. Louisville showed a little bit of – Grit last week when they faced some adversity. Louisville's first game at home. Give me Louisville. Easy peasy. Wow. He Easy. just lost his spot. Dude, he... Yeah, he's picking yeah, he's leading, all leading your pick and picking Louisville there. Well, he, he's – Yeah, <laughs> he he just wants to be right. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> we, me, me and Zach have pride, okay? We've got some cooth in us. They're not good, but Florida State is not good either. So <laughs> – uh, next game, which I think this is actually probably the most intriguing game that we have out there, that is Miami versus Texas A&M. It is at Texas A&M. I think I, – I personally think this is the hardest pick by far. Uh, who you got? Yeah, because, man, they're, they're not as bad as they appear losing to Appy State. They're just not. I mean, they were preseason ranked, what, top ten. So, I mean – I think they're good. I think they're really good. I think they come back and win this one, actually, at home. I'm going to go with Ryan on this one. At home, I know they just lost at home to Appalachian State, which was an embarrassment. I don't think you see it next week. I think Jimbo gets them, gets them right, gets them ready, and I think they come out. I think they handle business at home. Miami played two cupcake games to start out the year, so I don't know exactly how good they are. Texas A&M home. Texas A&M played Sam Houston and App State. I don't know. That's pretty cupcakey to me, but whatever. Yeah, they lost one of them. So. <laughs> I will say this. It is going to be a late game at Kyle Field. That, I mean, that is about the tallest order in all of SEC, all of the nation – yeah, I'm I'm gonna go the Aggies. I wanted to throw up the U, but I just I, I can't. Give me give me the Aggies. 
Uh, last but not least, probably the hardest game to pick, actually, and that is the Youngstown State Penguins at the University of Kentucky. Talk about some penguins. You know, I, you guys know, have they set the spread? What's the spread on, these, on the game? They haven't really. Go ahead. They haven't released it yet. Okay, because here's here's my fear. I don't think there's any way Mark Stoops is going to rub it in their face. He just I just don't think he'll do it. He loves Youngstown. He loves that program. I mean, they're, Kentucky's going to win big, but if the spread is like thirty, man, I don't know. I just I just have Stoops is just such a respectful guy and loves him so much. I think that you know they're obviously going to win big, but I don't know if he's going to rub it in their face. You know what I mean? So that's what worries me. If, if whatever the spread is, he, I, I don't know if he'll get that many uh, points or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind, I'm with you. I think if, if it's, if it's over, you know, like three touchdowns, I just, I, I can't see it. I can't see us beating them by more than three touchdowns. Um, like you said, he, he talks so highly of them, and you know he. <laughs> I think I think, he, I think he said something along the lines of like you know Kroger Field's in trouble. You got some tough Youngstown State Penguin fans coming in or something like that. He said it <laughs> laughingly, but um, yeah, I, I I don't think this this game obviously won't be close. But um, you know Bryce Oliver, I think he's at Youngstown State. Is that right? I think he was at uh, he he was a wide receiver for UK, um, but. Uh, think he's coming back and uh yeah i think it's gonna be you know a cute little game but we're definitely not gonna show too much in this game and i don't think we're gonna have to no so, kentucky easy. no i agree yeah i'm gonna take kentucky i'm same lines as you guys i don't think it's a, a lot of people expect this to be a complete and total blowout i don't see that that's not typical mark stoops i think you're gonna see a lot of different things i think we're gonna throw it around the field a whole lot try some new stuff Kentucky easily, but not by as much as people think. I think that this spread will be somewhere around 35 points. I'm not Vegas, so I could be off. But I think the final score will be 45 to 13 Kentucky, but I don't think that's enough to cover the spread still. 45 to 13, though. That's what I got. I'm the same way. I was at my head 42-7. So I think the spread will be somewhere around 35. Yeah, and uh, that's about the best math Hunter has ever done, ever. Because uh, let me tell you, last week, oh, boy, this guy. It was, it was he, embarrassing. He, he threw out uh, some some really good math, and uh, maybe you'll have to watch it uh, if you get the time. But uh, the last thing we have is how we end every single episode. And that's Hunter's dog of the week. (laughs) My underdog of the week this week. I picked against them last week. I'm not making the mistake again. BYU over Oregon. Oregon is not good. BYU money line on the road. They don't need the points. And uh, Ryan, if you have some underdog out there that it, it can be, you know, Korean ping pong, it can be whatever. I, we don't care. If you have an underdog that you think is are going to come out and beat beat the favoring team, we, we'd love to hear it. 
I'll, I'll even bark. I don't even know who they play. Okay. I don't even know who they play, but I guarantee you Kentucky Wesley will be an underdog to whoever they're playing. I'm going to Panthers. That's my oh, dog yeah. of the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh well, I, I would have picked the, the Douglas JV team, but they're going to be a favorite in every game because they're really good. So, yeah, whenever that comes up on your scoreboard, don't pick against the Douglas JV football team. <laughs> I thought Ryan was going to throw us out a high school football game Friday night, but I know he's not picking Douglas because they're not underdogs in any matchup they have. That's true. They got they got Henry Clay this week, and there'll be a running clock at halftime. Oh yeah, but that's play ball county. Oh boy, that's the you know that's the last game of the year again, Hunter. And they beat they beat us last year on our home field. Now we got to go down there and all you milk jug shaking Boyle County Rebel fans down there. <laughs> uh, it's the Kentucky uh, Mississippi State cowbell version, basically. Um, it is. Well, uh, Ryan, we just want to say thank you so much for coming on and taking the time uh, to be on here. Uh, we I know I appreciate it and. So do Hunter and Zach, but, uh, you know, offers open anytime you want to come on again. Thank you very much. And, uh, best of luck to you. Dude, I appreciate it. This was, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad you got a hold on me and glad we saw each other down at the swamp. Got to see history right there. So a lot more good things coming for this Kentucky football program. No doubt. Absolutely. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be up there for the Northern Illinois game. So hopefully I get to run into you somewhere in the stadium. Uh, you can find me pretty easy. I'm usually the fat guy with my shirt off by the end of the game. So, yeah, I, I, I caught you with your shirt on, and I was a little disappointed because I had my shirt off at the end of the game too. Yeah, I, I kept it on until the game was over. I didn't want to jinx it because I knew if I did, people saw that I was going to be in a jinx. So I waited till the game was over before I ripped it off. Oh yeah, I looked at all of my buddies that were at the game with me, uh, which was like one. But uh, I, I, was, I was like, hey, man, don't get excited. Don't, okay? This, I, this had, the, yeah. I'm smelling Bluegrass Miracle. It's, just, it's in the air. I know we're up by <laughs> 10, but I was like, dude, just, just calm down, all right? And he was like, no, nah, we got this. And I was like, oh, man, you, <laughs> you, you don't know enough. Um, but, yeah, I, I appreciate but, you hey, again. Before you go, yeah. before you go, there was breaking news tonight that we can have on your podcast. You can have it before KSR does tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah? Oh. Would you the like camp to break out it? camp out dates for Big Blue Madness were announced October 1st and October 2nd. That's when the camp out's going to be. So they're bringing the camp out back for October 1st. That's a Saturday. Give out the tickets, I guess, probably on Sunday the 2nd. And see, we haven't even got that on KSR yet. You guys got it tonight. Yeah, take that, Matt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Matt. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it, that's going to be a good day for Kentucky. We're playing Ole Miss that day. We get Chris Rod back, and we get to camp out for some uh, uh-huh. Big Blue Madness tickets. So, always a good show. Yeah. And uh, just like every one of our shows, good shows. You know, that's all we do. Um, but That's all you do. You just roll out quality shows. Amen. Absolutely. Again, Ryan, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, and best of luck to you and KSR crowd, all right? Go Cats. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you guys, man. See you later. Bye-bye. See ya.